Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Campfire and Gunsmoke Podcast with yours truly, Nate, back here for you once again. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, hopefully, you're listening on Apple or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or possibly YouTube, whichever one is your preferred uh, viewing device. Whatever it is, like, share, subscribe. Let people know I'm out here spewing my my views and such. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for that. All right, so today we're going to talk about ending labels. And uh, by labels, I mean all the labels we assign to other people completely kind of obliviously to the fact that uh, we ourselves are also being assigned labels, even though we think we're the most special whatevers in the world. So let's go ahead and get right into it, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get into it. All right. So this idea kind of came across when I was... uh, surfing the news the other day and i was seeing the aoc interview where she didn't think she was going to be alive in september and all that kind of stuff and then she was talking about oh i'm not sure i want to you know get married to her boyfriend who's a white and she was citing like interracial and like um intercultural and all that kind of stuff and i'm seeing everyone you know kind of give her flack about being a hypocrite and all that kind of such and well i i don't really think of it that way i i really don't mind or really care that much about what AOC does in her personal life as long as it's not illegal so um but I want it got me kind of thinking on a um on a uh, kind of train of thought shall we say about how we kind of interpret ourselves and everything like that because uh AOC is a New Rican as she calls herself according to the article at least which is a Puerto Rican born in New York which really started to get me thinking on the whole, well, I mean, what, are you only going to date another New Rican? And then on top of that, you know, it's the whole, she was saying, like, racial stuff and everything, kind of oblivious to the fact that there's a good chance you're pretty white, too, if you're a Puerto Rican. I mean, I don't have the exact data numbers pulled up here, but anyone who even has, like, the most, you know, kind of, cursory knowledge of latin culture knows that you know you're either you know you're either spaniard descendant or native descendant and you can tell pretty easily which one you are unless we're going to go back to the whole like you know 19 i don't even know it was like 1890s or some stupid time when they had like the book of like races where irish and scottish people don't count as white because they're catholic and all that kind of stuff and uh if you really want to go that far back, man, I'm sorry. That's just fucking stupid time to be concerned with your race or anything like that. It's so it's such a dumb thing to even bother about labels anymore anyway. You know, th- this kind of came out. I was thinking about it. You know, we're in the post-loving be Virginia, you know, world. We have, you know, immensely fast travel. People work overseas, fall in love, make make children that are, you know, half U.S. citizen and half something else, you know. So we're talking about, like, what are you even talking about when you want to talk about, you know, just having, you know, one race or something like that? Again, I don't really subscribe to that. I mean, I find who, I'll talk personally, I find attractive who I find attractive. There's not going to be a rhyme or reason about any of that. And that's how I think people should act, you know. You shouldn't be like, oh, I'm not, I can't marry or date this guy because he's not, you know, whatever or whatever. And that's, I mean, I would say the only thing you should really say is like, hey, I just don't find 
this individual attractive for whatever reason. You know, I keep saying that all that stuff, all that stuff where it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You know, if you have a thing for, you know, people that are your own race, then you're a racist who won't date other things. But if you have a thing for people exclusively for people who aren't your race, then you're, you got like, you know, jungle fever, you're fetishizing the other race or something like that. And then if you just, you know, you just got other preferences, they'll always find something to, you know, badger you on and get you on. It's so stupid. We need to stop that nonsense. Mostly because it kind of comes out that it's it's pretty shallow bullshit at the end of the day anyway. Because why is anyone else concerned with what you personally are doing, what your own, you know, story is? Like I said, the only time I care is if it's illegal. Like, if it's non-consensual loving or it's, you know, a child. After that, you know, I have my, my rules that it's like, is it a child? No. Okay, move on. Is it consensual? Yes. Then, all right, move on to the next one. Is it me? You know, after that, I stopped caring. If you have to have some combination of yes and no in there. And uh, if it, and uh, basically, it's like one yes to two no's. That's the ratio or something like that that I came up with for the rules of actually dating uh outside of that or actually not even dating like if I even care about the relationship at all and that's how I that's how I look at it you know that's where you kind of have to go because otherwise you get involved with things that just do not concern you and you're gonna drive yourself absolutely insane trying to figure out stuff anyway but that's one thing that was kind of like the relationship side of it that I was thinking of but then I started to go deeper into thoughts and this next, uh, this next portion of it kind of became like the where this whole brain experiment child went. Um, so the next portion I started thinking about was, well, uh, let's let's even look further beyond that. You know, we we come up with all these dumb labels for each other and everything, and it kind of it it's, it shows how quickly we're trying to assert you know a shorthand in order to categorize people we meet and all that kind of stuff without any real awareness about how individualistic every human being and every person who can think is and that's kind of where i was where i was going with this because i started to think about well let's also think about the idea of well what other labels do we give people i mean we give we do the whole like oh you know easy characteristics kind of thing where it's like oh I'm, that person's white that person's black blonde, you know, brunette, redhead, blue eyes, whatever. But then you start to get to the more esoteric things, the things I would say actually matter a lot more, which is when you start to get to the personality traits or cultural traits of an individual. You know, because if I said brunette, brown-eyed person, what nationality am I talking about? You know, what culture am I talking about? What country am I talking about? I, you couldn't say. Literally, brunette, brown-eyed is the standard for, like, all human beings, basically. You can find that in every single culture, in every single world, place, with, I'm sure, a few exceptions. But there, that's the exception to the rule, not the rule, you know? So then we start to get into the really esoteric stuff, where I start to really get into the idea of that, which is when we have to keep on putting more and more labels onto it until the point it doesn't matter because none of the labels really matter. You know, labels are just easily identified traits. But after that, you start to get into some really crazy stuff. So, you know, let's talk about um, a good friend of mine. I'm not going to use any names because I'm going to reserve his privacy. 
but he's an immigrant. You know, he joined the United States Navy. He came into, he came from, uh, I want to say it was Argentina, you know, and uh, he's a, he's a gay and he has a boyfriend and he's lived here in Orlando for many, many years. I haven't spoken to him in many years, so I don't really even, I'm not even really keeping up with what he's doing anymore. But that just, I mean, that alone, you know, there's so much more to this kid, this person than just what I labeled. That's just the easiest way to identify him in a quick shorthand. You know, he's Argentinian. What does he look like? What, you know, he's paler than me even when uh, last time I saw him and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of things that kind of get into that, that we're really stretching when we really want to make a quick shorthand idea of something. And it, it goes for all words and eternity. You can't put human beings in boxes like that. It just doesn't work. And then it, doubly so, if you're trying to make policy around boxes like that, you can get absolutely, you know, that's the reason I, I don't believe in that kind of like um, affirmative action really or any of that kind of stuff. Because you, you know, initially you're like, oh, it sounds like a great idea until you start to realize that a, it's either not working properly, like in the cases of a lot of these affirmative action kind of things where you'll get, you know, individuals into schools they probably weren't qualified for, and then they end up with massive debts set back even further. But also you get to a point where it's like, well, I mean, we've already, what's the ratio when we're going to say, oh, it's good. Like what, we're going to make good on all of human history for for a few things? Or are we going to actually start, you know, improving the world and moving forward? Because that's kind of how I like to look at it. Let's look at, like, right now, what is the problem? Let's fix it and then move on. Because if we keep on trying to, you know, look back in the past and correct historical wrongs, eventually you're going to have to try to sort out, you know, all of human history to make it fair. And at the point of that, there's no point, you know, because, like I said, I come... I think I might have said this on another episode, or maybe I said it on the YouTube channel, but, you know, being a Christian, I personally believe we either, there's two points where all humankind, we're the exact same family, and that's going to be Adam and Eve at the very beginning of all history, and then Noah and his family after the uh, Great Flood, when all humanity was supposedly, was uh, wiped out. So, you know, at two points, you're going, at two points in, in human history, we were all descendants from the exact same line, so there's no... At those two points, you know, in biblical history, it, it's hard to say whether or not things really change. You know, we now have, you know, hundreds of different races and, you know, ethnicities and cultures and things like that on this planet. But they all descended from, you know, in like I said, in my opinion, they all descended from two central points where there was only one human history, one family, one culture, and all that kind of stuff. And things haven't really changed, that we are still the one human family, that we're all, you know, none of us are totally different species from each other. It's not like we can't interbreed or anything like that. And cultures, you know, I would almost say is your own choice, whether you are that culture or not, because even in places where you have like, um, you know, a dominant culture or something like that, you still have subcultures. I mean, let's look at New York City for crying out loud. New York City is a city in New York that has, what, like 17 different boroughs and your own borough dictates what culture you have. You know, you have different accents from like different parts of New York City. And that I think accents are a perfect example of that because accents kind of show you what your particular culture is just based in, a, in an auditory standpoint. Like, as you can tell from me, I have a pretty, you know, transcontinental, easily understood 
kind of uh, accent. I don't really have a phonetically described one, I would say. I might have a few words here and there that I picked up from different uh, parts of my travels and of my life experience. But for the most part, you know, it's what is my culture? You couldn't tell me. You couldn't say, just listening here on the radio, you have to let me, or on the podcast, you have to let me tell you what it is. And that's where I kind of go with the whole, well, it's probably time we stop labeling everything because with the labels, it just shows that your own arrogance about other other people's things because you don't really know, you know? And that's how I look at it. I also think, like I said, it just leads to all these uh, cases where we're trying to fix problems that either A, exist, but are so specific you won't really be able to solve it with a blanket problem, or B, don't exist at all, and you're just trying to make something up. And we really shouldn't be trying to do that when we really do need to focus our energies and efforts at actually making the world a better place. And that's how I see that. <sighs> you know, I was watching uh, Tim Pool earlier today when I'm before the recording. And uh, he was talking about this study that shows like everyone's going to become more liberal because less people are having kids. There's going to be more liberals in the world. And I was, uh, I was sadly disagreeing with that, or not sadly, I just was, mostly because it makes no sense, you know? Liberals don't have kids, there's just less of them. You know, conservatives have kids, conservative values are passed on. And uh, you might say, well, it's a restructuring of what is considered conservative, and that's, that's definitely the case. I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean early communism technically was like a, a conservative value if you really want to think about it because it was saying that um you know the state and uh workers were more important than a few other things it's not particularly and then other than other aspects it's not particularly liberal you know saying that the workers should decide things it's kind of a uh, it's almost a meritocracy kind of thing the problem with it is it ultimately became an oligarchy but um or, you know, a, democ- a, dip- a dictatorship with a corporate, with an oligarchy that just was a different, different people than what were the oligarchs and the uh, dictators before. And that's, that's always how it ends up. But it's not, it, I remember reading like this whole thing about how conservative communism and uh, fascism actually is. It's not the great liberalizers you think it is. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, fascism is li- is conservatives. It's the far right. I'm like, it's the right side of the communism, guys. I mean, I can, I can say, you want to know who the very first fascist was? Mussolini? You know what he was before he was a fascist? He was the leader of the Socialist Party of Italy, my friends. Communism and fascism are two sides of the same coin. One did not exist. One barely exists without the other. And they're both dictatorships that want to take everything for themselves. So don't pretend they are anything other. That's me labeling communism. (laughs) No, but I do actually think some of the ideas that kind of get espoused from that can be physically possible. It's just that... um, Obviously, I don't trust the people who want to implement them to make it reality. You know, I actually believe in, like, socialized medicine and things like that, but it does require a certain amount of, well, people need to be healthier. You know, you can't be morbidly obese than expect everyone else to who's morbidly obese to pay for your morbidly obeseness. Then we're just at the uh, 
you know, we're circling the rain, the gutter of, uh, in, of human destruction. Because no, everyone's sick and can't work, and we're all expecting the government, which doesn't produce anything, to take care of us, and they're all sick and can't work. You know, that just leads to uh, an absolute destruction of our own species. We need to be a little smarter than that. You know, there has to be a certain amount of personal accountability. You know, setting the uh, doing things not because they're easy, but because they're hard. Doing things because they're necessary, and as a culture working to get and stopping our, oh, excuse me, working together and stopping the divides that uh, we set up arbitrarily for, for ourselves. I, I think I've said it before on this podcast. Um, you know, this whole idea of like immigrants not wanting or uh, immigrants coming to this country, ruining this country. I don't believe in that. I think immigrants for the most part actually bring a lot more to this country than they take out of it. The real problem from my perspective, is not that immigrants are coming here. Because we, I mean, this whole nation is a nation of immigrants. That's why I don't like the idea. I think that partially is the reason why I subscribe to the whole idea that, you know, labels are stupid because there's so many different peoples from different points in the uh, in the journey and stuff like that. But um, there's so many different people coming to this nation because they want to be here because they want to contribute. They want to maybe make some money, send it back to their family or something like that. But I highly... I don't think that's really necessarily the case. The problem with immigration is that uh, currently we do not have a good immigration system. It's outdated. It's not keeping up with how fast people travel nowadays. And um, we really need to think about reworking it so that way people can come to this nation, work legally, pay their taxes, be contributing members of society. And we also need to set them up for success. Because, you know, so many of these people come here, you know, illegally and they get jobs working and slave wages, basically. But it's still better than where they came from. Or maybe it isn't. I really don't know. But they can't leave now unless they get deported or something like that. And I think that's a terrible way to do it. I think we really need to come up with a better system that allows us to, you know, let people in faster and get them, get them as part of our American society faster. I think that would be a much better much better system for everyone involved except for the people taking advantage of them obviously which are cartels and you know big corporate oligarchs and crap like that this also brings in an idea that i saw from bernie sanders back once upon a time when he was still making sense uh, about how you know the illegal immigrants kind of bring down the minimum wage for uh, native-born americans who have to kind of get paid a certain amount and uh, they make minimal, you know, that would work for some jobs and make minimum wage. But now they're being priced out of the minimum wage kind of market. Now, we can get into minimum wage in another time. I think there's a whole argument of laundry list of economic kind of things that need to come into it. The point of it being that, you know, things are expensive. And unless you're willing to live a lesser life, minimum wage is not going to cover everything. And by lesser life, I mean, like, you are going to have to give up some shit. You might not live. You might live, like, five to a, to a house or something like that. All individuals working full time, you know. And that's not really a great way to live. But that's kind of because of the global economics of uh, people wanting to come here. Investments coming in with lots more money from other places and things like that. So, you know, there's more to it than a really simplistic, oh, just raise the minimum wage. Everyone should get paid more. Because you keep doing that for eternity, eventually money just doesn't matter. The real thing we need to consider is raising the buying power of, um, of people. 
Now you can do that basically one of two ways. You either make cost of goods less expensive, which I really doubt is ever going to really happen outside of a major war or mass death or something like that. Or um, you have to make it so that way things just, uh, you know, people have more skilled labor, I guess you could say, that would become more valuable. But then that kind of reworks itself eventually in the end to being that, well, things that aren't, that were valuable at one point are no longer valuable. It's kind of like, um, what's a good example I was thinking about the other day? Um, oh, carpenters. Carpenters, yeah. You know, once upon a time, if you were a carpenter, and I know you can still make good money if you're a carpenter, but the demand isn't as, as great. Like handmade goods, like old-fashioned artisan handmade goods and all that kind of stuff. For the longest time, you know, they had a monopoly on that. If you knew how to build a chair or anything like that, then you you build a chair and you can sell the chair for whatever you want because there was no one else who would build a chair. But then, you know, Ikea came around and various other kind of furniture stores where you can get chairs that are adequate but cheap. And then you can, you know, they buy that out. And then the carpenter, you know, can't make as much money. So he either has to take a pay cut or charge less you know, take less profit or charge and charge less for his goods or keep his good or take less profit, but keep his goods the same price. That's basically the route you have to go. And unless people change their ideology about what they want to do with it, you know, it, it ends up becoming this whole, this whole system of economics that I really just don't want to get into, but I'm thinking about it now. Anyway, but that's kind of what you're looking at when you're looking at a system. It's big and grand, and it's hard to do. Another thing I was thinking about. I think I might change the name of this episode from Let's End Labels to just Random Thoughts with Nate. <laughs> uh, I was looking at a thing about the voting and everything like that. I was watching a whole, like, um, a different perspective on the whole uh, PA uh, speech that Biden gave about the MAGA Republicans all being a threat to democracy and stuff, and kind of hearing a different perspective from someone who uh, I would consider a very milquetoast fence-sitter who does not have a dog in the fight because he's Canadian. Uh, Fatataku, if you actually hear this, I'm talking about you, my man. Great videos, keep it up. Uh, but um, one of the things he was talking about was, like, he, he made a wonderful point, but I don't really know if his ideas got completely there in the end i think they were they were on their way there but they didn't quite reach it we're just talking about yeah everyone who was a uh a voted for trump kind of took that as a personal insult when it probably maybe it was maybe it wasn't i'm not going to look into the heart of joe biden because i'm afraid of what will stare back at me if i gaze into that abyss but one of the uh things he brought up was that yeah i mean uh, a lot of people took offense to that because we basically all, you know, even if you were just like a really basic, you know, Trump voter, you were deemed this fascist Nazi for like four or five years uh, beforehand, you know, the last six, seven years, it seems like almost. And um, now, you know, when the president says something like that, there's no other way to take it other than you are creating a division. Well, instead, he was probably, you know, you if we're going to be charitable. He was only really talking about the people who deny that the uh, or uh, think that the 2020 election was stolen. 
uh, which I, again, I don't think he's talked to enough people who really think about that, but yeah, there are some people that still say like, oh, the votes came in the middle of the night, that they were legitimate and all that kind of stuff. As far as I know, everything has been investigated at this point and at the very least on paper, you know, it's been said that, oh, it's all legit. Um, this kind of, I'm going to give into a little bit of a conspiracy theory on this one. I don't trust anyone in government, so I would trust people saying, the people checking saying, oh yeah, it's totally legit as much as I would trust anyone. But I will say that at a certain point, you kind of have to just let go and move on. Like I say, with everything else, because, um, there's a lot of cases you can make that, you know, it wasn't necessarily that, uh, Biden won that Trump just lost, especially with, you know, everyone voting which this kind of gets into a thing about my my views on voting, and I'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, there was a lot of people who voted for the first time uh, because they were able to just send in a ballot from the mail, and that results in people voting for people they maybe don't know all that much about. Now, um, this is going to be my kind of perspective on some things. I really don't think everyone should be voting. Like, not in a people-should-be-restricted kind of way. I never would say that. I just don't think that people who are uninitiated in what's going on in an area or in a situation should vote. Because if you don't know, you have to be kind of intellectually honest with you. You know, we all say, it's kind of like the whole thing about the First Amendment where everyone's like, oh, you know, everyone must be allowed to talk unless they're saying something stupid, in which case censor them. And then it's like, well, I mean, that you can make that same argument for voting if you really wanted to. Either everyone should vote, and then you kind of get stuck with a bunch of people who have no idea what they're talking about voting on issues, and uh, voting in people who also don't know what they're talking about, but they were very popular and very charismatic, and they said the things I wanted them to say, so they ended up becoming, you know, governors of California and shit. But um, you know, then we have. But then you also have people who do know what they're talking about, and uh, then we get this whole hyper-partisan shit. But it's the same thing with, like, the uh, people on the internet talking, you know? Hell, I'm sure there's... Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I barely have any listeners and barely have anyone listening to me, I'm sure that people would say, hey, look, this guy's opinions are horrible. We need to censor and cancel him and all that kind of stuff. But that's the exact same problem. It's the, you know, I have a different perspective that should be voiced. I don't know how many people share my perspective, but ultimately in politics, since a, an actual democracy is so unwieldy to actually utilize, that's why we don't really have one. We have a republic with a representative democracy. So you kind of have to take the best of what you can get. But it's also the, um, the idea that, you know, people want to have people who have no idea what's going on voting on stuff. I kind of, this is a, this is going to, I'm going to give you a kind of a personal story on that one. It's like, uh, I live here in um, the Florida area, kind of near college and stuff. So we get an influx of, you know, college students that are, that come into the area. I've lived here basically my whole life and I've seen it change dramatically from being a sleepy little town with basically like one Burger King to having like 17 apartment buildings on one block. And, um, you know, these uh, kids are 18 or something, so they get to vote and everything, and they vote in local politics for a while while they're here, but they don't live here, you know, they vote and then bounce, and that's, and that's what I think is a real big issue, and then one thing that people really need to understand, there needs to be a certain level of actual involvement in the society to, would I would say, would be uh, acceptable for you to be able to vote on changing that society, as well as 
you know, a certain amount of time in that area, you have to kind of understand it if you're going to do it. And these college kids, you know, they exist on campus. They understand college culture. They don't understand the culture of the area around them, would be my guess, unless they were born and raised and grew up in this area, which most of them weren't. It's the kind of, that's also kind of my argument for why we can't have just like anyone vote on things, especially you know, I've been, I always see these bills that kind of come up every once in a while where they're like, we want 16-year-olds to vote. I'm like, why? They don't know anything. They're, they're bad. They haven't even gotten out of high school yet. They don't know Jack. I mean, you would, you know, a lot of the time it's the Democrats trying to push these bills. And I'm like, you say that they're not even old enough to make financial decisions, but they should make long-term voting decisions for the finances of the country by who should be in power? That is, you know, that's just... Uh, uh, again, I, I just can't understand where the thought process is outside of absolute corruption and trying to get people into power off of the democracy working. And uh, it really is, um, it is working as democracy works, but it's not working, you know? It's just a popularity contest of who said the nicest things, whether or not they deliver is in, irrelevant. And whether or not it turns out to be as good as it says is irrelevant. It's only about who is the one who got the most votes. And that's, again, again, that just kind of comes down to that. I don't think everyone should vote. I think people who don't know anything about politics or civics or how the government works or anything like that should vote. You know, and that's, that's on both sides. It's the same thing with the people who are saying like, oh, my election was stolen because blah, 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 because they were allowed to mail in votes. Well, I mean, that was technically during the election legal, even though, you know, some Supreme Courts of a state said, you know, in post it was illegal. Uh, I mean, it just kind of comes into that thing that you kind of have to just lessons learned moved on. I mean, if it is illegal, then it should never be done again. If it is legal, it needs to be a standard. You can't keep changing things for different elections. Because, yeah, you'll never have anyone who's consistently happy with the results if you keep on changing the system and if you keep on saying the system's broken. Because eventually everyone's going to say, no, it's not right, everything, blah, 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 my guy should have won. You know, blood in the streets, guns out, knives out, everyone's stabbing. It's it's just such a, it's a headache to deal with and a half. And, you know, I'm just rambling on at this point. Well, guys, I think that's about all I really want to talk about. That's another 30-minute segment for episode five. These are random thoughts with Nate instead of uh, let's end the labels, I think, because that's a stupid name, and it really went and divulged into other things. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Once again, this is Campfire and Gunsmoke Podcast with Nate. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor. Go ahead and subscribe, share, like, donate, whatever you guys want to do. I don't mind either way. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have a good day.